it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. In about 14 minutes, the Rams at home, the defending champs hosting the Buffalo Bills, picked by many, including me, to win the Super Bowl in February. We'll keep you updated on that game once it gets going. We have the Elks and Stampeders on 6.30, Chet on Saturday, 4.30 for the countdown to kickoff. The game is at 6. Mark Cordy from the Elks offensive line will join us after the 6.30 news. Of course, the major news story today, the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, continuing coverage on that on our newscasts and on a little more conversation coming up at 8 after Inside Sports. But we start with an NFL player from Sherwood Park, a grad of Bev Facey High School, going into his second year as a running back with the Carolina Panthers. We welcome back to Inside Sports, Chuba Hubbard. Chuba, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Well, it is great to catch up with you, especially as you prepare for a new NFL season. Tell me how the week's been going. How do the final few days feel here before things kick off for the Panthers on Sunday? You know, it feels good. I mean, it's crazy to know, you know, I'm going into my second season in the NFL. Um, I'm very blessed, obviously. But, um, yeah, I'm really just ready to get back on the field and get back into, you know, regular season games where these games actually count and, you know, mean something. Can you tell me how it feels differently from last season? You mentioned this is your second year. Clearly, you stepped up from the NCAA to the NFL. How did this camp feel differently from last year? Uh, I feel like really last year, you know, I was really just trying to get my feet wet and, you know, understand, the, you know, the difference of the game, the playbook and all these different things. As sometimes, you know, my mind was all over, but, you know, after having a year under my belt, definitely have a lot more confidence. And now it's just more focusing on, you know, executing and doing my job rather than, you know, uh, worrying about a bunch of other stuff. So it's uh, definitely just a lot more confident and, you know, just ready to play. Well, and last year was interesting. You were a rookie and, uh, you know, some rookies play a lot. Some don't play very much, but you got some significant playing time because Christian McCaffrey went down for a while. Uh, what, what were some of the biggest lessons or some of the biggest things you take out of that last season, Chuba? Um, probably that, you know, it's just a really long season. Um, a lot can happen in that season. You always have to stay ready. And, you know, no matter where you start or where you finish, you've always got to, you know, keep a level head and, and through the ups and downs of the season as, you know, it's a 17, 17 week season, including preseason 20. And then with playoffs and everything, it's even more than that. So just, yeah, really just keeping a level head and, you know, handling the highs and the lows. 
Yeah. Well, you did a pretty good job with that. And and I mentioned Christian McCaffrey, who's, uh, you know, when healthy, he's obviously one of the best in the league. So you still got to work with him a lot last season. What what did you learn from him? What do you see from him day to day that, that makes him a great back and is maybe going to rub off on you as well? Yeah, I mean, I'm blessed to, you know, be in a great running back room and obviously be in the same room uh, as Christian. And, you know, obviously he's done so many great things in the NFL in his career and, you know, I try to learn, you know, so much from, you know, watching certain steps, watching, you know, the way he catches the ball, blitz pickup, the way he hits the hole, all different aspects of his game. I try to do that really with everyone, though. You know, there's always something to learn from everyone. But, oh. you know, I'm definitely fortunate to, you know, be in the same room as, you know, one of the best to, you know, ever do it. So it's, it's a blessing. Uh, I, I know we want to look ahead to this season and talk a little bit about this summer, but I'll just ask you one more to uh, to flash back to last season. You, you know, you, you had a lot of firsts, first game, first carry, first touchdown, all those kind of things. Is, is there a, a memory from last season that really stays with you? I mean, you know, my first touchdown was obviously a, a really big blessing. I mean, I just kind of just show you know all the hard work that I put in all the hard work that you know all the amazing people I have in my life put in like family coaches friends just everyone you know it's just all for them so it's just glad to see that you know it all paid off uh was anybody from uh from home here able I, like I know with COVID things have been a little different especially through the last couple of seasons what, did, did family or friends get to any games in person? I think there was one of your high school teammates might have had a picture with you after a game. Uh, who, who got to make it down a little bit? Yeah, I had my family come down for a few games. Um, I had a, yeah, I had a, some of my friends uh, come down for one game, that Arizona game. So that was very nice. But this year, I know, you know, I have all my family here for this first game pretty much, which will be really good, which I didn't have last year. And, I know I'll just have a lot more family and friends coming down this year now that things are kind of cleared up. So definitely excited to, you know, have everyone out. Okay. That's uh that's awesome. Chuba Hubbard joining us tonight on inside sports, Carolina Panthers running back, of course, went to Oklahoma state university and a uh, grad of Bev Facey high school. So a great local story playing at the highest level of football and, and you're uh, you know, you're working to give to the, to the next generation of players. I, I know you and I were, were texting briefly in the summer. Uh, tell yeah. me about the, tell me about the camp you put on here in, in Edmonton. How did that go? What kind of things did you work on with the kids? Yeah, I put on a camp and, you know, was fortunate to have so many kids come out, you know, 500 plus kids. And, you know, I was blessed to have so many amazing volunteers from my football friends, family, um, to just, you know, people that just came along and joined. And so I'm thankful for them. But uh, it was just, you know, opportunity to give back to the community and, you know, just shed light on, you know, the football community as well as just sports in Edmonton and Alberta that, you know, anybody can make it to the, you know, big leagues. Obviously, you just have to have to put the work in and, and do everything you can in that in your ability to get there. And it was really, you know, I had a couple NFL guys come out, some of my friends. And, you know, I know that we don't get that that often in the NFL, uh, in NFL, in Alberta. Um, so to be able to do that for the kids and let them, you know, see some of their stars, some of their, you know, favorite players. It was, it was really good. Cause those were things I used to wish, you know, used to wish I was a kid. So it was, it was definitely a blessing. Well, good for you for doing that. And I think that's a great attitude that you've sort of 
accepted that you're you're a role model because you you, you are is is that easy for you to accept that is that uh you know how do you how do you take on that responsibility because some athletes say hey you know what i'm not a role model other guys embrace it more than than others so how, how is it for you you know well my opinion and my outlook on it is you know i've been blessed and you know highly highly blessed and favored to you know be in this position i'm in and you know not everybody gets to be here so with that you know with that position i'm in with this you know ceiling and with this stage i'm on you know i have to give back in any any way i can because you know i always just remember me as a kid and you know what i wanted and who i looked up to and how far it goes just by you know having a camp or shedding light or giving advice or just talking to a kid about you know what you went through to get there so i definitely try my best to you know be the best role model i can to represent myself my family obviously Canada, obviously uh, Carolina Panthers. Well, and so, you know, your reference in there, you're a very uh, proud uh, Sherwood Park native from the Edmonton area. So I got to I gotta go back to the spring because I know you've, you've been at some Oilers games along the way. How did you, how did you enjoy the playoff run, Juba? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I ain't going to lie. I had me on my toes. I was freaking out. Uh, I was excited, excited for the city especially and obviously um been through through some rough times over the last couple of years but to you know finally break through a little make a run um i was definitely just <laughs> excited for the guys and, and for the city like i said but i was really trying to come out to a game as we were talking about earlier but we were in uh otas i was hoping to come out one week and really hoping we made it to the cup but i know we will next year i'll, I'll make sure i'm there for sure so were, were you watching the games on ESPN or TNT or whatever they were on? And did any teammates uh, join you or, or were you nervously by yourself watching Oilers playoffs? <laughs> I was I was by myself, not going to lie. I mean, Christian's from Colorado, so we kind of poked jokes uh, when they were playing a little bit. And, you know, unfortunately, we lost that series. But I know, I know next year we'll bounce back, so it'll be good. Okay, and I'll uh, I'll finish off with a fun one here. Um, do you get into conversations with your teammates about being from Edmonton, being from Canada? I mean, do you tell them about Edmonton, about uh, Canadian football? Or are they curious about any of that kind of stuff? Uh, all the time. People are always <laughs> making jokes or asking questions. What do you have in Canada? Is this really like this in Canada? Is it the same as this as the States? I mean, <laughs> it's honestly crazy sometimes that people really don't know that much about Canada. I think it's really, really different. So um, definitely educated a few teammates on that. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You have to tell them that uh, about the polar bear you would ride to school every day, right? <laughs> I've definitely done that. <laughs> okay. Well, Chuba, uh, you, you and I have been doing interviews since you were in high school. So it is an honor to have you on the show as you continue your NFL career. Hopefully we can uh, we can hook up during the season as well. I wish you all the best, all the best to the Panthers, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I appreciate you.
Well, thank you very much, Chuba. Chuba Hubbard from the Carolina Panthers. They will open up against Cleveland on Sunday. Chuba coming off a season. He rushed for 612 yards and five touchdowns, added 25 receptions for 174 yards and a receiving touchdown as well. Going to be the backup to Christian McCaffrey, who I was reading today, bit of a uh, shin issue, but he is expected to play against Cleveland on Sunday. That is awesome to have Chuba on the show. Touched on a few things there. He's doing some great work with the next generation of players. You heard him say it. He embraces being a role model. And, uh, you know, thinking back to when uh, he was a kid growing up, he would have loved to meet an NFL or uh, or, or somebody uh, playing uh, pro football. And uh, he, he's so he's bringing that to uh, to his home region. And, yeah, he loves the Oilers. <laughs> I think that was the most energetic he sounded in that conversation with talking about watching the Oilers during the playoffs this, uh, this past season. So a true Edmonton area product and uh, definitely somebody we'll all be keeping an eye on here as the NFL season gets underway, which it will in a few minutes between the Bills and the Rams. Thanks for checking out the show tonight. My name's Reed. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That is the hotline. Brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. And, of course, the good old-fashioned email to the show. And you know it warms my heart whenever I get an email. Got one last night from uh, Logan, who is now the chief heart warmer of Inside Sports. It's InsideSports at 630Ched.com. We have Mark Cordy coming up. From your Edmonton Elks, a little bit later on, we'll have Blake Dermott with his thoughts on this Labor Day home and home. And, of course, the the major story of the day, the passing of Queen Elizabeth II, Cassie Campbell-Pascal, one of the all-time greats from the Canadian women's hockey team, now a broadcaster. She met the Queen about 20 years ago. She'll tell that story later on tonight as well. It's 618. It's Inside Sports on Chet. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, that's the uh, Nuge, uh, McDavid joining the Oilers today as well for their uh, informal skates heading into training camp. I'll be heading down to Rogers Place tomorrow morning to uh, to watch a, a bit of a scrimmage, and I think we'll get some interviews after the fact as well. So we'll have that coming up on Inside Sports tomorrow night. Before I get to the phone lines, I just want to put a capper on a poll we had running starting during the show last night until uh, noon today so we were talking about the uh, Oilers Hall of Fame that's going to be have the 10 people who already have banners and who are in the Hockey Hall of Fame and the selection committee is going to pick two more that they'll and they'll be named on September 20th, and then the induction ceremony is in November. So, because because three people last night said Peter Pocklington should go in, and I, I I never even thought of that. I, I went through a list of seven yesterday. I never even thought of Pocklington. So I put a Twitter poll up: Should Peter Pocklington at some point be inducted into the Edmonton Oilers Hall of Fame? Was the question. First of all, if you're into numbers, I don't know what this means. I got 1,111 votes. Wow. What, are, what are, don't they say when it's 11-11 on the clock, you're supposed to make a wish or That's something right. like that, Kellen? Yep, there so we go. You get 1,111 votes. Should we all be wishing for the the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup and the Elks to go 6-0 and the rest of the season? I don't know. Uh, so anyway, no wins it. Should Peter Pocklington at some point be inducted into the Edmonton Oilers Hall of Fame? 56.3% said no. 43.7% said yes. So relatively close but no gets it. 
Uh, I know people with OEG follow me on Twitter. I know people on that selection committee follow me on Twitter. They'll probably see this poll. Some of them probably voted in it. So anyway, just wanted to wrap that up since we were talking about that last night. 780-496-0063. Brian is on the line. Brian, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's nice to hear from you. Yeah, I haven't talked to you for a while. Um, uh, Parkinson poll. Um, I just want. I'd like to say something in in regards to Peter Parkinson. Sure. Uh, he's a businessman. We benefited from an accusation, ac- accusation, accusation that ac- he acquisition. made. Acquisition. Yeah. Acquisition. <laughs> he made when he brought Eddie Meal, Wayne Gretzky, and uh, who's the other fellow? He brought, he brought uh, I think... Well, the guys, guys that were on the plane. Was there another player? Yeah. Anyway, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. So he. So without Peter Pockington, we wouldn't have had Gretzky in the first place. So he made a, He also made a business deal when he when he sold Gretzky. So understandably, that, that uh, hurt a lot of Edmontonians, and, I, and me included. But for the game, probably was the best move for the NHL. And I think Wayne Gretzky would agree with that. Peter Driscoll, the other player. Peter Driscoll. There you go. Yep. Yeah. So what do you, what do you think? Does that does that make does that make sense? Kind of uh, that. He's, yeah. That, I, I think he should that, be inducted because he's a businessman. He never was. He never came out and said, "I'm an Oiler fan, and um, I'm I'm never going to trade Gretzky." I don't um, think he did, did he? I just wonder. To, I don't know. I, I'm still a bit on the fence about it. Like I think Bill Hunter should be in. I think that. Um, yeah. I think yeah. the Edmonton Investors Group should be in. Maybe yes. the order that people are inducted will will play into this as well. I didn't look at all the replies to my Twitter poll, poll, but somebody wrote back and said, "How many criminal convictions until he forfeits his chance or something like that?" I mean, he he did get in trouble doing some other stuff and was unpopular with the uh, the gainers things and all all that type of stuff. Yeah, I oh, mean, for sure. Yeah, he pretty, was a bit of a shyster. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. It, it, you're, you're you're right. I mean, like like I said yesterday. You could make a defensible argument to the statement the Edmonton Oilers would not exist for not, if not for Bill Hunter. You could also make yeah. a very defensible argument that Wayne Gretzky would not have been an Oiler if not for Peter Pocklington. And as and Absolutely. as and then we saw what happened to the other three teams who came over from the WHA. Do the right. Oilers stay in Edmonton past 1996, 97, 98 if Gretzky hadn't been here? Because they almost left exactly. anyway, despite that history. Exactly. Yeah, no, and 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 there's no there's no doubt that um, we benefited for Wayne Gretzky coming here. We, I mean, we won five Stanley Cups, four without him, or uh, uh, four with him. But uh, I was going to talk to you about uh, Kevin Brown, the uh, running yeah. back, the new uh, green and gold running back there. Exciting player. I think we're trending in the right direction. The team. I I really like his potential. Um... You know, I think Dylan Mitchell, the kick returner receiver, has some potential, and maybe Chris Jones is starting to, to find some guys, um, you know, who who have that those CFL abilities, the CFL burst. I mean, it's it's clearly going to be too late to get into the postseason next year, but hopefully they can find some guys. I'd still like to see them win some games, even though they're not going to get into the postseason. I mean, even if they went 6-0, and it might be tough to get in. Brian, I appreciate that. You can chime in, 780-496-0063. Mark Cordy from the Elks offensive line coming up next. Losing a loved one.